Welcome back to our two-part episode of Hidden Gems North St. Louis. This is Gradcast, and I'm Luis Sandoval. This is part two, where we'll explore the making of a champion of awareness. Kind of made it my mission here at WashU to not only take the students to the places, because I do know them well, and I know people there, but, but also to try to just re-educate them. What it takes to teach community building but bottom line, it's not, it's not about what I think. And I, I feel my job as an educator is to show people all the different ways people think about something. And if it's possible to change a city's picture of different neighborhoods and communities. You have to just get to the complexity of it, right? It's, it's not about flipping the script. It's about expanding it. Here's the second part of GradCast member Kitra Kate's interview with Professor Bob Hansman. For the listeners who have not met you, had your class, or, or been on your tour, can you tell them a little bit about how you grew up and, and crossed those borders? I know that's probably a lifetime's worth of stories. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, you know, if if you could just give them enough to, to get a sense of why you're here today and why you're giving the best tours. and So when I grew up, you know, I, I've lived here my whole life, mm-hmm. and... Uh... But, you know, I, you know, at some point you realize where your own life fits in with larger history. Right? Mm. And so, you know, at some point, you know, I grew up out in the county. I, all I see is white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anything of it. Uh, but then later on, you, you learn about the GI Bill <laughs> that my dad got, right? You, you, learn about, you learn about white flight. You learn about all this stuff. And... Um, so you're learning things, but also you're, whatever it is, you're developing who you're going to be. And, you know, we all have things that we love and don't love. and We don't know where it comes from, but I loved, I loved soul music. Yes. <laughs> you know, I just did. Yes. Um, you know, this is go back almost before real soul music. I mean, we're back, oh. in, the, we're back in the chiffon. I was going to say, what is, what is real soul music? Yeah, I mean, it was all the girl groups, and, you know, it was, just, oh, it was even before yeah. people like James Brown and Otis Redding and all that. Before, you know, Aretha broke while I was in, I guess, in high school. Wow. Yeah. What a time yeah. to do soul music. Um, oh, my god! But, you know, you couldn't get a lot of that out where I was living. So, I, you know, I was so I, I was listening to the radio stations. And then, you know, um, you know, they would advertise record stores up north. Yeah. So I found my way up there, either on the buses or found somebody had a car because I was really young. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and really did kind of fall in love with the neighborhoods that uh, – that I think were just on an intuitive level as a kid, there was something there that I was missing, you know, and uh, whether it was just people that shared my taste or yeah, just people that were nicer to me <laughs> than they were where I was Not living. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was really kind of both. And uh, so I, you know, you, you sort of spend more time in those parts of town. You, you do fall in love with them. If you, if you're at all, if you're there, if you're there, if you're there, if, you are if you're there, if you're there, Absolutely. right? And, uh, and then it really pained me to understand the larger picture of you know where my neighborhood came from, where those neighbors came from, yeah. and watching them change over the years, over the yeah. decades, and seeing all the neighborhoods I cared about the most uh, just be devalued and abandoned, and and then you know. Talk people, 
talk bad about them. And then coming up to the present moment, it's still, these are the places Washington students are not supposed to go. And it's like, you know, after a while, you, you, you go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, but yeah, so I've kind of made it my mission here at Wash U to not only take the students to the places, because I do know them well, and I know people there, but, but also to try to just re-educate them from the, you know, whether they've been, whether it's been formal education that was just lacking, or it was just this informal learning things from other people, <laughs> you know, what they say. Yeah. Um, I've tried to, I've tried to tackle that head on. You know, it's all about listening, right? And I remember, again, a conversation in my class, because this is typical of what I, I think the schools are doing, it's not just individuals. Mm. It's like, I remember you know, something that happens all the time, right? Uh, one of my students will say something about the community that they they're trying to be constructive, right? They are. Sure. And But, you know, it might strike another student as being ill-informed or God knows what, maybe even worse, right? Right. And so that other student will just really tackle them and say, I can't believe you think that. This is really disrespectful that you say that. And you, you're, you, know, you obviously don't know, blah, 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 blah. And this is, what you, this is how you should think. This is, and, um, and then oftentimes the conversation will kind of turn to me like, well, what do you think, Bob? You know, decide this, so to speak. Right? Yeah. And uh, and again, this is where I get this is where it's not just students in my mind; it's schools. Right? Yeah. Um, and I will turn to the students. I say, "Well, you're both wrong. Mm. You're both wrong." And of course, especially the second one is shocked because they <laughs> think they've been the the correct reaction to the other one's problem, right? Right. Like, but neither one of you is listening to what the community is really saying. In fact, you won't even go there to hear what they're saying. Right? They said, it. you know, you just, you're both thinking for the community. Mm. You just think you're thinking better than they are. Right? That's right. And that's what drives me crazy as a resident of this city, to hear academia sometimes do these blanket statements. Mm. Pro or con. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It just drives me See, it's like, are you are you afraid to have your ideology challenged? Are you just too busy to actually get to really know people, especially people that disagree with each other and maybe you? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think you know, I, I'm so tired of us kind of having these theories about the community and not really knowing a lot of people there. Yeah. Yeah, because the more people you know, you know more than two or three. They're going to start contradicting each other. Of and course, you, and you. Of course, right? yeah. Look, you have voices in your head too. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. So it's hard to speak for people you don't listen to. Yeah, it is, and 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 especially to boil it down to one viewpoint. Because, you know, you know, a lot of times in my classes, too, students will ask me what I think. And I, I say, it doesn't matter what I think. You know, my job is to present all the different ways people think about anything. Right. You know, right. and you have to understand that. Yeah. So I will rarely let people know what I think about anything. Mm. And, you know, in some ways, that's not just an educational conceit because some things are so complex. <laughs> it is kind of hard. You know, right. ask me on Tuesday, and I might give you a different answer than I gave you on Sunday. Oh, right. You know, yeah. uh, it's, it's, I mean, some things are pretty well fixed. 
in my mind, but others are really a lot of nuance and a lot of moving parts. But bottom line, it's not, it's not about what I think. And I, I feel my job as an educator is to show people all the different ways people think about something. Right. And then they're responsible, they're responsible for figuring out where they fit into that. Mm. Interesting. So I think a big part of that is people staying in a community to listen to it. Um, whereas I know a lot of WashU students at, at graduate and undergraduate level just come through and just stepping stone off to another place. So I'm curious if you have any advice for people well, considering staying. Or... Oh, for skin skin. Oh, God. Well, oh, God bless or, them. Right? Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, I know people, I, I have some number of students that have stayed. Aaron Williams, who's now started at Young Friends of the Ville. I mean, that's a, that's a former Young student. Uh, a lot of folks that have stayed uh, in St. Louis deliberately because they, they do think you can actually do something here and they care about it. Um, you know, the, there's another part to this that's, that's a, that I hear more often mm. is, oh, I'm only here for a couple of years. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, maybe start something and then not be able to finish it. And, that's well intended, but it's it's also more complex because sometimes, you know, like like in my own city faces program, it's gone on for a quarter century. You know, uh, those so any individual student from what the volunteered could have only been here for a max of about four years, but that relationship between the Washington community and the Peabody community is is always there. And there's always new people coming in, so the the exact bodies might change, both in the kids and the projects and in the kids that watch you. Oh, of course. Plus the relationship is there. So in what ways do you suggest those people who, who say that, okay, we're only here four years? Besides going up to museums and whatnot, you know, you have your program for the undergraduates, but I'm thinking like graduate students. How, how could they get involved? My first thought is a really vague one, but it's just sure, like based on what sure. you said at teaching in Ferguson. Surely you're meeting people. Yes, right. Yes, I know you start things. hanging out outside of your job. Yeah. We only spend time in these communities when we're in there as a professional capacity. We we haven't blended with our personal life yet. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, these aren't the folks that we see outside of work. Mm. It's not the places we stay at after bell ring, so to speak. Right, you know, right. Um, go to the movies there or, you know, go, you know, go to dinner there or, you know, meet people and actually spend time in each other's homes. Yeah. Um, I've often said, I tell my students, I said, you know, not-for-profits are great, but until you're actually, like, you know, sitting on somebody's living room floor or breaking bread with them in your kitchen, you haven't gone all the way. Mm-hmm. You know, or having them in your home. Yeah. Crossing borders both ways. The way you would behave with other people in your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What do you do with your friends? I know. What do you do with your friends? You know, how yeah. do you what do you do with your grandma? Oh, <laughs> you know? Tell me about it. Yeah, it's just, you know, we we phenomenalize other people, right? Yeah. But so yeah, I mean I, I so I look for them. Because, you know, the minute you start to really know people, you'll hopefully you'll start to care about them. And then, you know, and then maybe you'll even take on more of their own issues, more of their issues. They'll, they'll become part of your life. Absolutely. And 
Because what I do see happening a lot is, you know, in our professional lives, we're trying to do something, right? Mm. And then we go back to our personal life, which is actually exacerbating the very structural problems that we're trying to solve in our professional life. Yeah. Should be we just can't get our whole life in sync with itself. <laughs> yeah, I and I think a lot of graduate students feel that. Yeah. So much of the, their time and energy is consumed in, in the structure of their professional life. Yeah. And even, even how that then, um, you know, if you start to think about, you know, where am I going to, you know, where am I going to rent an apartment or buy a house or put the kids in school? I mean, we oftentimes then buy right into the unjust structure that we're trying to, we're trying to work on the schools while we're putting our kids in the other schools, yeah, right? It's like, it's yeah, like, uh, work on it, just not us. Not just not us, just yeah, not us, right? Yeah. Um, but some of my biggest arguments I have with people I agree with, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it is funny too, because, you know, when you, when you say helping, there's a very ideological reaction to that word these days. You know, that you you know it's a bad word, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just like save is a bad word. Lots of other things are bad words, and I always kind of go, well, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. You know, save doesn't have to be attached to white savior complex. Mm-hmm. You know, I see. It's, it's a legitimate word that can often. Be applied to people's relationships to each other. So, you know, I, you know, I will, you know, Javon would be the first person to say, I saved him. Right? And I did. Yes. And other kids as well have said the same thing, but I would return the favor and say, they saved me. Absolutely. You know, because if you, if you have that much trouble with the word, you're still defining it hierarchically. Yeah. You don't understand it could be a two-way save. You know, a lot of this stuff just rolls off our tongue now, right? right. All this woke stuff, right? Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, I was kind of, as much as I appreciate that, I will try to get into a bit more nuance about that because so oftentimes we've reduced ourselves to, and other people, to a checklist. You know, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I have this, I'm the right, right. I'm the right side of that, I'm, I'm the right language here, I'm the right, you know, mm. I've got it all down, you know, and like, once again, reality is a little bit messier than that. I mean, you know, I, I even I know so many folks in the quote real world that even the way they refer to themselves, people in academia would go, "Oh my God, I can't believe you use that word about yourself." It's like, whoa, you know, you're you're so you're so into your academic diversity speak that you don't understand. There's people out there that have lived 80 years. And gone through things you can't even identify with, and they they have a right to refer to themselves any way they want, even yes. if you think it's not politically the latest word for that. You know, newsflash: you know, they do not care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now you're going to tell these people even the languages you use about themselves. Right. That's just it's, come on, get a grip. Exactly. It's, it's such a system of control. It is, and again, the, the, and the funny thing is, like I say, my 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 worst arguments with people I'm basically in a, a larger sense in agreement with, right? Um, but they just can get a little bit crazed about it without realizing it. And a little bit inhuman in an odd way. Right? I think that's so much of academia. Yeah. Is 
looking at humanity, but not. Yeah, a little, a little rigid and mechanistic. So yeah, so context, right? I mean, just context, context. <laughs> over and over makes again. Makes a huge difference. Makes a huge difference. Which huge difference. It is another reason that I love that our graduate program over on the medical campus has adopted having your bus tours as part of orientation, not only to the school but to living in St. Louis, because so many people matriculate to graduate school first time living in St. Louis, and I came in two, three years ago now. And you know, I, I was told right off the bat, okay, don't go to these neighborhoods, don't even think about north of Del Mar. And so just now, two years later, I had the opportunity to go with you and, and learn context of the city. And now that that's one of the only places I want to learn about mm -hmm. in St. Louis. So I think, uh, at least in graduate school, building that context is really helping. But for the students who you know, like me, didn't have the chance to do the bus tour until later or may not have the chance yeah, to do it. Is there anything you can leave them with? And Just to, to not accept simple answers, right? Mm. Whenever somebody says something, say it's more complicated than that. Mm. And to not, if you're unaware of all this structural history, it's easy to assume this is just personal behavior and personal choice. Right. It's not. Nope. Let's just let's just get that out of the way right now. It's not personal choice. At least it's not. It's personal choice within a structure that wasn't chosen. Right. right. Um, so people are making the best choices they can, maybe within that structure that meets out different choices to us. Right. But, but do not just assume that there's nothing behind what you're seeing at the moment, except for personal culture, our upbringing, our decision-making. Yeah. So Much bigger story. Ask, ask questions, right? Yeah. 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 Agreed. And ask about the right people. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, because a lot of times when I, I joke, you know, they'll, they'll say something, and I'll go, where'd you hear that from? Well, my roommate told me. It's like, well, where'd they hear it from? Well, their mother told them. I said, well, where she hear it from? It's like, after all, I said, okay, so none of you know what you're talking about. Right? Exactly. None of you had first-hand experience. Right. right. And then, it's, then the question becomes, what else would you believe on so little evidence? You must want to believe want this. It. Yeah. 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 That's absolutely what it is. Yeah. So, and, and I'm sure I fell into that category as well, wanting to believe there are safe spaces and unsafe spaces, but really it's it's just people. Um, there's places that are safe for me and not for my son. Yeah. So what the hell is safe? Reciprocal, right? Yeah, I know. And I mean, you look at by some statistics, you know, the wash area, wash shoes are very unsafe neighborhoods. I mean, you know, it's just yeah. like, right? It's just, yeah. It's it's all it's all constructed. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. You have to just you have to just get to the complexity of it, right? These, it's not about flipping the script. It's about expanding it. Mm, right? I like that. To hear all the different stories yeah. within it, not just, yeah. oh, I thought it was safe, but now it's unsafe. Or I thought it was unsafe, now it's safe. No, it's not that. It's not about flipping it like that, right? No. It's about it's about finding the nuance everywhere. Yeah, and and that is a challenge. And it is, and we don't do nuance very well. Well, <laughs> you know, something to practice for for the next generation in many ways, and for us as well, because even though there is progress and it is so slow and there needs to be a lot more in many areas. 
Well, and Maybe our nuance. whole culture is so much more polarized, so finding nuance within it now is harder than it was a couple of years ago. Absolutely. It's um, always hard. <laughs> in 2020 coming up, but nuance. And curiosity. Don't, don't, don't believe what you hear. Yeah. Especially if you tend to agree with it, ask yourself, why do I like this person's mm. opinion? Because it, it confirms what I already think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to confront that. You have to. You have to. And, and find people that can really do it. I mean, yes. people like us, so to speak, right? Who. Uh, you know, don't ask somebody who's got the same upbringing you have and the same ignorance and blind spots you have. Right. Right. And is there anyone... You know, because you know, a lot of times people don't ask the people who are actually involved in it. They say, oh, well, you're biased. It's like, well, you know, we're all biased. It's just that yeah. these, you know... They actually have been on the Yeah, they've had they've experience that you're only trying to make up stories about. It, I think it comes down to your final advice being... Expand the script, confront your beliefs and, and what you've been told, um, and, and remain curious. And be curious. And if, you know, always kind of, even, even if you don't quite know the answer and somebody says something that seems simplistic, just go, I think it's probably more complex than that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And let's go find out. And then out. continue. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go find out what we don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. That's all. For this interview with Professor Hansman and this episode of Hidden Gems North St. Louis. If you're interested in learning more about Professor Hansman's work, bus tours, city faces, or book Pruitt I Go, a link to his WashU website will be included in the show notes. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next season of GradCast.